episode 65. Harry forced down some dinner after divination, then returned to the empty classroom with Hermione, using the invisibility cloak to avoid the teachers. They kept practicing until past midnight. They would have stayed longer, but Peeves turned up, and pretending to think that Harry wanted things thrown at him, started chucking chairs across the room. Harry and Hermione left in a hurry before the noise could attract Filch, and went back to the Gryffindor common room, which was now mercifully empty. At two o'clock in the morning, Harry stood near the fireplace, surrounded by heaps of objects, books, quills, several upturned chairs, an old set of gobstones, and Neville's toad, Trevor. Only in the last hour had Harry really got the hang of the summoning charm. That's better, Harry. That's loads better, Hermione said, looking exhausted, but very pleased. Well, now we know what to do next time I can't manage a spell, Harry said, throwing a rune dictionary back to Hermione so he could try again. Threaten me with a dragon. Right. He raised his wand once more. Accio Dictionary. The heavy book soared out of Hermione's hand, flew across the room, and Harry caught it. Harry, I really think you've got it, said Hermione delightedly. Just as long as it works tomorrow, Harry said. The firebolt's going to be much further away than the stuff in here. It's going to be in the castle, and I'm going to be out there in the grounds. That doesn't matter, said Hermione firmly. Just as long as you're concentrating really, really hard on it, it'll come. Harry, we'd better get some sleep. You're going to need it. Harry had been focusing so hard on learning the summoning charm that that evening that some of his blind panic had left him. It returned in full measure, however, on the following morning. The atmosphere in the school was one of great tension and excitement. Lessons were to stop at midday, giving all the students time to get down to the dragon's enclosure, though, of course, they didn't yet know what they would find there. Harry felt oddly separate from everyone around him, whether they were wishing him good luck or hissing, we'll have a box of tissues ready, Potter, as he passed. It was a state of nervousness so advanced that he wondered whether he mightn't just lose his head when they tried to lead him out to his dragon and start trying to curse everyone in sight. Time was behaving in a more peculiar fashion than ever, rushing past in great dollops, so that one moment he seemed to be sitting down in his first lesson, History of Magic, and the next, walking into lunch, and then... Where had the morning gone, the last of his dragon-free hours? Professor McGonagall was hurrying over to him in the great hall. Lots of people were watching. Potter, the champions have to come down into the grounds now. You have to get ready for your first task. Okay, said Harry, standing up, his fork falling onto his plate with a clatter. Good luck, Harry, Hermione whispered. You'll be fine. Yeah, said Harry in a voice that was most unlike his own. He left the great hall with Professor McGonagall. She didn't seem herself either. In fact, she looked nearly as anxious as Hermione. 
As she walked him down the stone steps and out into the cold November afternoon, she put her hand on his shoulder. Now don't panic, she said. Just keep a cool head. We've got wizards on hand to control the situation if it gets out of hand. The main thing is just to do your best and nobody will think any the worse of you. Are you all right? Yes, Harry heard himself say. Yes, I'm fine. She was leading him toward the place where the dragons were, around the edge of the forest. But when they approached the clump of trees behind which the enclosure would be clearly visible, Harry saw that a tent had been erected, its entrance facing them, screening the dragons from view. "'You're going to go in there with the other champions,' said Professor McGonagall in a rather shaky sort of voice, "'and wait for your turn, Potter. Mr. Bagman is in there. He'll be telling you the procedure.' Good luck. Thanks, said Harry in a flat, distant voice. She left him at the entrance of the tent. Harry went inside. Fleur de la Cour was sitting in a corner on a low wooden stool. She didn't look nearly as composed as usual, but rather pale and clammy. Victor Crumb looked even surlier than usual, which Harry supposed was his way of showing nerves. Cedric was pacing up and down. When Harry entered, he gave him a small smile, which Harry returned, feeling the muscles in his face working rather hard, as though they had forgotten how to do it. Harry Goodo, said Bagman happily, looking around at him. Come in, come in, make yourself at home. Bagman looked somehow like a slightly overblown cartoon figure, standing amid all the pale-faced champions. He was wearing his old wasp robes again. Well, now we're all here. Time to fill you in, said Bagman brightly. When the audience has assembled, I'm going to be offering each of you this bag. He held up a small sack of purple silk and shook it at them, from which you will each select a small model of the thing you are about to face. There are different uh, varieties, you see, and I have to tell you something else, too. Ah, yes, your task is to collect the golden egg. Harry glanced around. Cedric had nodded once to show that he understood Bagman's words and then started pacing around the tent again. He looked slightly green. Fleur Delacour and Crumb hadn't reacted at all. Perhaps they thought they might be sick if they opened their mouths. That was certainly how Harry felt. But they, at least, had volunteered for this. And in no time at all, hundreds upon hundreds of pairs of feet could be heard passing the tent, their owners talking excitedly, laughing, joking. Harry felt as separate from the crowd as if they were a different species. And then, it felt about a second later to Harry, Bagman was opening the neck of the purple silk sack. Ladies first, he said, offering it to Fleur de la Cour. She put a shaking hand inside the bag and drew out a tiny, perfect model of a dragon, a Welsh green. It had the number two around its neck. And Harry knew by the fact that Fleur showed no sign of surprise, but rather a determined resignation, that he had been right. Madame Maxine had told her what was coming. The same held true for Crumb. He pulled out the scarlet Chinese fireball. It had a number three 
around its neck. He didn't even blink, just stared at the ground. Cedric put his hand into the bag and out came the bluish-gray Swedish short snout, the number one tied around its neck. Knowing what was left, Harry put his hand into the silk bag and pulled out the Hungarian horn tail and the number four. It stretched its wings as he looked down at it and bared its minuscule fangs. Well, there you are, said Bagman. You have each pulled out the dragon you will face, and the numbers refer to the order in which you are to take on the dragons. Do you see? Now I'm going to have to leave you in a moment because I'm commentating. Mr. Diggory, you're first. Just go out into the enclosure when you hear a whistle, all right? Now, Harry, could I have a quick word? Outside? Uh, yes, said Harry, blankly. And he got up and went out of the tent with Bagman, who walked him a short way away into the trees, and then turned to him with a fatherly expression on his face. Feeling all right, Harry? Anything I can get you? What? said Harry. I, uh, no, nothing. Got a plan, said Bagman, lowering his voice conspiratorially, because I don't mind sharing a few pointers if you'd like them, you know, I mean. Bagman continued, lowering his voice still further. You're the underdog here, Harry. Anything I can do to help? No, said Harry, so quickly he knew he had sounded rude. No, I, I, I've decided what I'm going to do. Thanks. Nobody would know, Harry, said Bagman, winking at him. No, I'm fine, said Harry, wondering why he kept telling people this, and wondering whether he had ever been less fine. I've got a plan worked out. I, I... A whistle had blown somewhere. Good Lord, I've got to run, said Bagman in alarm, and he hurried off.